sell crazy someplace else. We're all stocked up here. Nice game, pretty boy. It's just good, clean fun. Keeps him out of pool halls. Fast lane, Grandma. The bingo game is ready to roll. Wish my mom looked that good. No, my mom does look that that good. I was thinking, boy, Hussie's mom looks really young. I tell good. you what, I had knocked the bottom out of that orange. That was every Bucks fan uh, when, when I started going to games. Boy, I hope we're not on the air. Of course not. <laughs> Band's coming up. I got an all-new, not intro, but outro working. Yeah, that's what you said last time, and you didn't play, did you? I'm very busy. All right. All right, Jay. I'll do the Sports back in the the Studios. For the No Holds Barred Podcast with myself, Ozzy, the Sports Junkie, and the Maven. The go-to guy, the, the voice of reason in Sarasota, west coast of Florida, Tampa. You know, you, you can... You can hearken for miles and miles and not find a pearl of wisdom. Oh, yeah. The one and only Jake Jacobson. Jake, how are you, buddy? Oswald, I am very psyched. We have an hour worth of uh, stuff to talk about. Big uh, week, huh? I, I don't, when I say this, you know, I have a list of things I think we should get to, but in an hour, sometimes it's hard. We do. Here's my thoughts. Lay it on right? me. Yeah, lay it on and, I'll, and then I'll start. I'll come back to where I want to start. We have um, the Buccaneers and Jameis Winston and the uh, game last week against Arizona and the upcoming game against Saints this weekend. I've got a lot to talk about on that. All right, we got the Astros cheating with si sign stealing. I have pro I have thoughts on that as All well. Right. Colin Kaepernick with a uh, some sort of uh, a showcase on Saturday, which doesn't make sense. He didn't even know about it, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Unbelievable what the NFL is doing I mean, this time. Come on, he made a point. It's been five years or something. It's it's insane. But then again, there's my, I am the dumbest, and I say this with no issues and no yeah. problems. I'm the dumbest man on on podcasts and radio. I don't know. I, I'll I'll give you a run for your money, buddy. How are no, you no, stupid? No. How are you dumb? Well, a couple weeks ago, I said I was proven correct by cash winning the uh, coach of the manager of the year. Yeah. And I find out the other day, absolutely not. I, they, they came out yeah, two days ago. Who the hell even had Rocco Baldelli in the top five? I know he had a good season, but that team was handed to him. And then the, I thought the insult to injury was to give Aaron Boone second That's for right. a $300 million. Yeah, they, they, they had no outfield for the first two months. They went out and picked up the home run leader in Encarnacion. How about Kevin Cash had 24 guys on the DL over was it three or five or 600 pitching changes throughout the whole season? The job he did, two back-to-back 90-win -back seasons, he should have won both leagues. Oh, so that, all right, so you're but here's where did I get come up with this conclusion that that Cash had won it and and I was like so happy with myself for predicting that he was the best manager this year in baseball. Forget about just the American League, National League. So then I find out, of course, DeGrom, thank you very much, wins the Cy Young without uh, winning 10 games this year, 12 last year, back-to-back. -back. Wow. So 
great for him. But as far as the manager of the year, Rocco Bodelli, okay, you can look at the numbers. Got Minnesota, him in the playoffs. They won 101 games, so but give him some credit I here. Give him a, and he has no manager, first year ever uh, managing on any level. Great job, yeah. former number one pick by the Rays. And yeah, so a, I, Overall, good guy, good for him. But Aaron, you're right, Aaron Boone winning second over Cash winning third is unthinkable to me. Aaron Boone did a great job the last couple of years. Your son Aaron Jacobson could have managed that Yankee team. I mean, $300 million, you just you make a phone call. Uh, get me uh, Encarnacion. Uh, how about, uh, you know. Exactly. Any, anything else you need? And they were, they, sure, he got him back in, in a post, he got him back in the postseason and got him second half of the season headed to where they needed to be. But the job that Cash, it's about managing, it's about making do with what you have. And I don't see how he finished. Okay, he didn't win it, but to finish third is almost an insult. And, and mild-mannered Mark Topkin, who covers everything and anything, Rays. Right. He was had some he had some choice words. He had some very choice words for the voters. And I, you think it's because it's a small market? I I can't answer these questions. I if I could, I would be a smarter man than I'm giving myself credit for as being the dumbest man again on podcasts and radio. But. Well, it's probably from hanging out with me. I'll tell you why else I'm dumb. May, or maybe I'm just not the sports guy I used to be where I watched every single game and, and broke down this and knew every personal player and everything else. Right. But I had no idea that the manager for the St. Louis Cor Cardinals was by a guy by the name of Mike Schilt or something like that, and he won the National League Manager of the Year. I wouldn't know Mike Silt if he came in here and silt his pants right in front of us. I think us. it's Schilt, S-H-I-L-D-T. Yeah, I was like, did Mike Schmidt come out of retirement? I, I looked and I go, who? And now, and I'm not going to argue that Cardinals manager didn't deserve reckoning and maybe the Manager of the Year, but for me not to know who the name of the guy was Can I tells you honestly say, at. Jake? You don't know Schilt. You do not know Schilt. Neither do I. I am a moron. I, I love anything negative when it comes to the St. Louis Cardinals baseball team. And being a Cubs fan, of course, I hate them like poison. I hate them like poison, like you hate the New York Giants. So I have to say, I hate to say your season peaked on Sunday. But was that your Super Bowl Sunday? Well, for me, yes. Now, here's the issue as being, you know, we, we are all, first of all, I think the Buccaneers are a better all-around team. And with the Jets, a lot has to do with the complete uh, decimation of injuries on the defense and a really porous offensive line. Right. But the Buccaneers are going to compete. They're going to compete this week. They might not win a lot of games, but they will compete every single game. My problem with being a Jet fan, or if you're a Dolphin fan, Dolphin fans are freaking out. They trade all these fabulous players for draft picks, and they want to be tanking the games. If they want to tank, don't start Fitzpatrick, because he's going to find a way to win some games, as he did the last two weeks. Get Josh Rosen in there, because we are all fighting for draft picks right now, and the top picks. So although I love the Jets and I want them to win every week, I'm not upset if they lose. The bottom line is I want the Jets to get a good draft. Here's my f issues. I want the Jets to get a great draft pick, but at the same time, I, I want them to, to win every single game the rest of the year. Right. That's a torn between two lovers. Yes. Treated like a fool. But the Bucks don't have it. You know, the Bucks will win some games. They're, they're a good enough team to win. Well. Jameis Winston, you can say all you want, and you could argue, do they sign him next year? Is there somebody out there better than him? If they're not... He's going to put up good numbers. He's The last two weeks, his numbers have been very good. He did have, again, he has bonehead plays. He had two bad interceptions against the Cardinals this past week. 
but he puts up the numbers, 350 yards, basically back-to-back games, you know, a couple touchdowns in the yeah, last I mean, two games. The Seattle game, he, the Seattle game, I didn't have a whole lot of problems with it at all. That was the defense. He that was just, fabulous. Yeah, they were up 21-7. That being said, I had no, no uh, confidence whatsoever they'd close that out, and sure as shit they didn't. That had nothing to do with him. Um, sure, you'd like to say, well, keep, keep the foot on the throat, keep the foot on the throat. That's an awful easy thing to say from your armchair, but you're not there out up there on the field getting it done. He, he looked good in Seattle. More completions than bad passes. You know, for all these gaudy, whack-like stats that he has, you know he's rated 32nd out of 32 quarterbacks. I and did not know that. Yeah, his completion percentage is down in the low 60s. And I saw it on displays Sunday. And I'm not here just to bash the guy. He's not the only problem. And obviously the pass defense is more of a problem because they do score a lot of points. O.J. Howard back in the game. Uh, he had four receptions. Four receptions, including yards. a touchdown. Uh, Rojo Jones gets the start. What that? Why that took so long? But good to see Pey- uh, Peyton Barber in there later in the game to close it out with a game-winning well, touchdown. Well, that's, well, first of all, Jones did not have a great game. Eleven carries, twenty-nine yards. It's not good. And he did not have. He had a touchdown. But all right, all right. So that's great. But the bottom line is, when you have a a, a stronger, more physical back, that's why you like to do that. Wear the defense down, and then get the powerful, you know, more more aggressive type back who will knock at, you down at the end of the at game. At the end of the game. And, you know, that leads to this question. I started the debate, and I'll get to my game day uh, situation, which might have been a top five in, in any sport ever for myself. Um, talking to the guys around us, I said, why don't I, I know that there's still people out there that are built like Mike Allstott, that are built like the Nigerian Nightmare, that are built like the Jer- Jerome Bettis. Why is the fullback not even, not only drafted, they don't even have a fullback on, I'd say, 90% of the teams in the NFL. How do you forget about a position that exactly what you're talking about? It's a battering ram. That's how the Bucks won those championships. They just bash their way with Allstott at the end of the game, whether it be hot weather, cold weather, no matter where they were. You couldn't stop that guy well, late in the fourth quarter. Look, when we grew up, whether it's the 60s, 70s, 80s, and I don't remember when they really went to a single backfield, it was a fullback and a halfback. That's what it was. I don't think because you don't call them a fullback doesn't mean they don't they aren't fullbacks. And let's True. be honest, the guys today, as we know in every sport, guys who weigh 250 pounds and are play, or 240 and playing running back, they might not be have the quickness and the speed of certain players, but they are so strong. But they are quick. I right. mean, we have not seen this because this is the evolution of, of athletes these days. Guys with the size of a fullback. And the quickness and speed of a of a halfback. And you see that on both sides of the ball. How about our, our first round pick? And, you know, for all the criticism that Jason Light has come under, I'm telling you what, he's not – I'm more of a – I'm pro Jason Light as the weeks go by because all I'm starting to see is these – he's drafted some late bloomers, and they're starting to bloom. I mean, Vita Vey – one of the big talking heads on uh, the uh, fabulous player. Just they called him the best defensive player right now in base in football, you, pound for pound. Do you know? Do you ever? I mean, we all watch the games. If you haven't watched the Buccaneer game, anybody listening to this podcast, I know Holtz Bard with Ozzie and Jake. Just watch a game and look. You cannot miss him on the defensive line after play when he's involved in when he stands up. He's heads and shoulders above in every which way direction. Yeah, massive. Massive. And I thought last year, I'm like, I don't know. Sure, you know, the whole Polynesian, no, I, I the agree. whole uh, Somalian, uh, not Somalian, the whole uh, 
Yes. Like it's Polynesian. Well, what? It's, uh, 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 Samoan. What? Samoan. 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 Which started with the uh, long-haired yes. uh, Steeler. Which, hey, the West Ma- Coast teams, Ma- why not? Mala Mala, Palo Alto, whatever. Palo Alto. Um, it started a whole trend. You see them more out in the whack in the southern and the West Coast teams, but obviously the well, Bucks. Well, yeah, but UCLA, USC. Yeah, because they're closer because, to the correct. you know the islands, right. what have Yes. And there's a lot more of those people migrated into that. And even the Washington, Washington State. Exactly. Did he come from Washington? Oregon. I believe. They all have. Yeah. Um, so I look at him. Great story. I said they're gonna they're gonna love him. He was he started out flat last year and he never really righted himself until about week eight. Nine, ten, and you started to see flashes of it, and he's just played like a man on fire all season. He doesn't; he's not that the gaudy stats because he's an inside tackle. You're not going to get the you're not going to get the sack numbers, but the guy, every play, he's getting his money's worth, and well, he, he's pancaking guys. And I just love the grittiness, which this, the defense hasn't had in a long time. The uh, Jason Pierre-Paul, the second he came back, that defense had a little bit more of a stink to him, and that's what it takes in the NFL. Like I said. I said on my Joe Bucks fan podcast, Jake, as bad as the Bucks were for the Weish, for the, the Perkins, and all the whole 80s, and go ahead and throw in uh, the early years of Dungy. The defense was, they always had hammers over the middle. They could lose every Sunday, but they had the hard hitting defensive players, the Hugh Greens, the, the Harvey Haddocks, Wayne Haddocks, whatever. The Ricky Reynolds was a Harvey bastard. <laughs> Harvey was a little late in his career when he came to the Bucks, but point being, the John Lynch's. They always had the hammers over the middle, and that's like that's something I'd like to see back to. My Bears were the same way in the 80s. They always had Doug Plank at fencing. They sucked, but you could count on one thing. You weren't getting easy, anything easy over the middle. You need a guy who is going to clog the middle so you can't run, and it also opens up for the defensive end if you got a guy who can rush the passer, or vice versa. If you got a guy, a Bruce Smith, or a million of these guys out there, when Jason Paul Pierre was in his prime, Sure. Right, with the Giants. When you have a guy who could speed rush from the outside or cut inside, has the quickness, the hand ability to move guys around, that opens up sacks for the defensive lineman like Avita, Avita Bay. Right. You need both an edge rusher and you need a, a, a just a big man in the middle. And they both together will make yourself a great defensive line. I'll tell you what, Jake. It's been a long time since i followed a team with a 3-4 defense. Boy, I'm a fan now. I'm a fan, especially with the – with the personnel up there because you get the big down three nasty down linemen and then you got the tweeners the 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 Shaq Barrett the Nassib the guys who aren't big enough to be a lineman but not too too big to be a linebacker and it just opens the lanes for them to come around the side and then hence you're seeing what you're getting in, in Shaq Barrett it's going to be very interesting Look, as he as he continues to stack numbers what he's going to want in the offseason they got overall from the offensive defensive side, they really do have talent. We've talked about their offense with the receivers of Evans sure. and Godwin, and of course, adding if Howard comes in, like he, and consistently get you six to eight passes a game because he has the size and the speed. The problem with the Buccaneers is when you look at their defense, is their is their uh, secondary, and Horrible. when you and the bad thing is, and you hate wasting a. A pick. I know the Jets did this years ago with Vernon Goldson at Ohio State. This great, you know, speed linebacker who could sack people. But when he got to the NFL, he was he was nothing, nothing. Right. Absolutely. And they wasted a first round pick on this this speed demon of the college comes in the NFL. It's a wasted pick. And that's what's happened with the second in when you get a Vernon Hargraves who gets released for nothing. They just let him go. Slacked on a not play, a, but not, come on. I mean, you really, get, if you're going to hold everybody accountable, how many horrible sh- how many horrible plays our quarterback made? How many drop passes? How many blown tackles? 
You're going to cut a guy? But nothing for not even a fourth or fifth round pick? I, I thought it was a bone. If that was a shot across the bow, then uh, n- nobody's safe. Was he that bad, though? No, he was I mean, he started off the season great. The first two games, he played his ass off. He's in a contract year. But so what? You can milk him till the end of the year and let him go or trade him, get something. So he, he'd been playing the last two games. He'd been playing real... Like I mentioned, first two games good. Then he really had some horrible games. The London game was horrific. I think the the Tennessee game. But the whole defense was horrific at that point. Seattle, he didn't play all that bad. And so one play, Slack, they got benched. And uh, our, our Buccaneer insider, Leo Haggerty, spoke to him after the game. He says, I'll, I'll turn it around. I'll talk to coach. I, we'll work on it. I'll be back in there next week. Bam, the next day he's gone. How about this, Leo well, Haggerty? By, by the way, he was picked up by the Texans. He was. And I'll give you, here's the issue when you let number one picks go. Now, Vernon Goldston never made it anywhere else. A few years ago, the um, the Giants, New York Giants, football Giants. Oh, uh, I thought draft, they were still have a baseball team there. Draft, drafted Eli Apple, number one pick. Oh, and that over uh, Hargrave. Over, uh, and Eli had some confrontations in the locker room with a few people was there maybe for two years, and last year they let him go, and now he's playing really good football for the New Orleans Saints, which you'll see this week. Oh, yeah, he is down there, and I was going to say, where did he go? Duh, he went up to New Orleans. They were picked. I forget which one went first, but Buccaneer fans were pissed they didn't get Apple. And I, and what did I tell you a few weeks ago? The hardest, you know, you talked about Vita Bay and how he's improved. It takes time going from a college, you know, high school to college, no college. To, and these defensive line, you think, well, it's easy. They're just big guys. No, they're playing against now professional offensive linemen who have tricks to the trade. So you've got to learn. There's a different, maybe the way you use your hands and your feet and stuff like that. And how about this, Jake? He's playing out in the WAC or the, the Pac-12. That's not the NFL. He's not against going against right. NFL-type uh, offensive linemen. And, but to me, and I said this the last few weeks, the hardest position the most uh, questionable to go from college to the NFL is the cornerback. When you have to play man-for-man against these unbelievable quick receivers and the zone defense, who do you pick up? Who do you let go? you got to know where everybody is, but cornerback is the hardest position, and that's why we've seen guys like Eli Apple, New York, gone. It takes him a few years. Now he's succeeding in, in the Saints. Will the Texans take Hargraves now, and will he be able to succeed there? It was an interesting move financially. If they would have waited for him to clear waivers, they could have picked him up for basically nothing. Now they're stuck with the $8 million contract. They have to finish paying that off through this year. But he is a top-round pick. Here's the only thing, though, Jake. It kind of harkens to, well, who's putting the team together. Eight draft picks. He was the veteran of that defensive backfield with, whoa, the three years he had in. Three years and one interception. That's your crusty leader on defense. Crusty. It's so, not good. It's not good. So I would say but I, I just don't I'd like, like to bring in a veteran. I'd like to bring in a veteran shutdown corner. We tried that with Rebus. It wasn't ready. They, they were nowhere near ready to win at that point, I guess. Yeah, I mean, the Buccaneers, I, in my opinion, and again, I'm, this is a, a, not a biased, it's an unbiased opinion. You know where my roots are with the New York Jets, but I watch the Buccaneers every single week. I have a t- if they're on the same time, I have them on the small team. This team has some talent. They could score points if they can, and they do have some players on defense. If they can learn. I mean, Kyle Murray is a you know, phenomenal young player with a lot of quickness. It's very hard to defend guys like that. M- LaMarcus uh, uh, Jackson. Uh, what's his name? Um, Tito Jackson? No, from Baltimore. 
Oh, uh, Lamar Jackson. Lamar Jackson. Who's, guys, uh, who's just taking the – now, how long that's going to last is anybody's guess. Well, they can get beat up. Deshaun Watson, same thing. These guys right. can throw the ball downfield. Basically, they're running a, 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 an option a, an option offense. But how long these guys survive is depends on how how hard they get hit. And again, that goes back to, way, to what we just said about the, the level of competition. You don't run a, an option spread offense – in college and get the shit beat out of you by the pro talent because you won't last. Has anyone ever lasted in an option offense prior to 1950? No, I don't think so. No, but you he, wouldn't last two years, and if he continues that, he'll have a great career. It'll be over in 2022. But, but well, here's now I'll give you a little comparison. We, we've seen what happened with Cam Newton. He's probably done for the season. Al will be there. Where he'll be next year, Cam Newton, who knows? But the bottom line is when, when you're that big at 6'5 and 250 pounds, whatever it is, when he runs upfield, he wants to hurt you. Guys like Kyrie Murray and guys, the small running backs, the reason why some of them can last for 10, 12 years is because as much as they run the ball, maybe they get 20 touches a game, maybe 25 between receiving and catching. They can last because nobody can get a solid hit on them. And guys like Murray might be able to make it because even though they run upfield, nobody can, because he's so short and so quick, you can, they might tackle him, but you can't get a solid hit on him. And that's the difference between a guy like Cam Newton, who might have a shortened career because of the size, to guys like Murray, who might be able to withstand some of the hits because you're not really hitting him as hard as you think they are. Great point, Jake. Ozzy and Jake, No Holds Bars, a podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Google Play picked it up. It's, it's getting a lot of love there, Jake. So check it out. Like it. Share it. And uh, tell a friend. At any rate, uh, looking at firsthand with my, the, with my naked eyes last week, as I, what a Saturday, what a Sunday I had. But I'll quickly to get back to Murray, boy, you forget how how impressive it is to see somebody. Michael Vick to me is the most one of the most underrated quarterbacks in NFL history. You, when you watch highlights of this guy, it, it all got smeared, if you will, with the dog thing, and that ruined his career. But he's back on TV every every yeah. Sunday. No, he's no, like a, he's on America's favorite guy now, even he, though he sucks on TV. He made a major mistake with the dogs. It's a beyond me mistake. how people get involved with a, this. He was public enemy it's number awful. one. Yeah, it's awful. But I look as a college player. He was so much fun to he was, watch. His boy, speed, his quickness. He was just as fun as a pro. But I, he didn't. He had a rocket of an arm with no touch and no accuracy. If he had that, he could have been a Hall of Famer. I'm sorry. I've seen Oz. worse accuracy. I, I saw it firsthand in, in uh, Ray J on on Sunday. But back to Murray. Well, do yourself a favor. Sometimes you forget. When you get home, Google some uh, YouTube's and Michael Vick highlights. He was a fun player. He, he's I mean, not he a Hall of Famer. I'll kiss my own No, ass. he's not a Hall of Famer. I guess he is. I have you know, to say he is. You know what? He would have been better. He could. It's like me telling you about Tim Tebow. Tim Tebow could have been a great tight end, could have been a fullback. If you want to go back to, to the conventional fullback we talked before. Yeah, right. But he can't throw. Yeah, he might be able to throw 70 yards downfield. There's no accuracy. There's no touch on it. You know who that lends credence to is Sean Payton in, in uh, New Orleans. That backup quarterback, Hill, whoever he is, he plays quarterback, tight end, running back, pick holder, kick returner, special teams. Why couldn't somebody have found that in? Because I guarantee it, Tebow could do every one of those things. Well, he could still be in the league today. I think, well, I, I'm not going dis- to argue with that because I, you do have a point with it. But, but Hill, is, to me, is a faster runner than uh, he's not, again, to me, he's, Tebow is more of a fullback type of runner, just big, hard nose, go up the middle, where Hill has some, he's a bigger guy, but he does have what I talked about before, that athleticism of quickness. And he is, 
I'll tell you, they uh, he is fun to watch, and we're going to get a first-hand view this week uh, at Ray J. Speaking of first-hand, so little Junkie and I, my little daughter, Laura, who's li no longer little, she's in four months, she'll be 21. I said if you were four months from now, we'd be hitting the casino on the way home, honey. But I was on a limited budget, and I got up there. Now, I'm no newbie when it comes. I went to almost every game, Jake, from 82. The second I had a driver's a, a permit to drive, I didn't care if it wasn't an adult in the car. I'm going to an NFL game, buddy, because I didn't, nobody took me to shit when I was a kid. Um, and it was free, practically. I mean, it was nothing to get in the games in, to, to the old Sombrero back in the 80s. So my friends and I, my dope-smoking buddies, would all load in and s listen to Sabbath and get up there and watch the greats, the Dickersons, the uh, Paytons, what have you. At any rate, driving up there, I get a call from Leo Haggard. He my Buccaneer Insider. He goes, hey, how'd you go in the game still? I go, you bet your ass, Leo. Why, what's up? I got two. How much are you looking to spend? I go, Leo, I have $100, period, end of story. See what you can do. Calls me back. They're club-level suites. The $300 tickets, Jake. All the amenities. Not all you can eat and drink, but all the amenities of the upper-tier club. Did your own bathroom? Uh, own bathroom. Okay. Oh, absolutely, buddy. And uh, we just kept going up escalators. and escalators. I hadn't been to the inside since the renovation. The video sc scoreboards are just phenomenal. Uh, so we kept going. The velvet ropes kept right this way, sir. Right this way. There's Ozzy the sports junkie. There he is. <laughs> I didn't get any of that, but I did. I did get a few people to recognize when I, I said who I was and and, and uh, have a show. But believe it or not, we get 150,000 daily views to, to Joe Buck's fan. It's no ham and egg or site. It's the one of the top ten in the league as far as fan run sites mm -hmm. that cover a football team. So I'm in. I'm proud to be with those guys. So he calls me back. You got him, kid. You got him. Meet me outside the press box. I, I said, he goes, where you at? So I'm still on 75. And like, as always, you know, one, late? one jerk off. No, no. Let's start with that. Hey. One jerk off flips over in a ditch or something or just off the side of the road, not even a wreck. And everybody's got to stop. And I mean, 20 minutes of grind core, just ding, ding, ding. What time did you get there? We got there into the parking lot. Now, let me finish the story. I totally... When the Bucks went from the old Zumbrero to Ray J, it was kind of a, an odd point in my life. Uh, I was working in media then, so my fandom kind of was put on the back burner. And quite honestly, it was sold out. The first three or four years, you couldn't get a ticket to the Bucks game because it was a hot ticket to get to. Mm -hmm. And I went to three or four games. I sat in the end zone, and I had a horrific time. I went to, like, preseason game, and I said, I'll never go there again. I went, Dale Mabry, don't ever get involved in Dale Mabry. What am I thinking? As I'm driving there, I'm reminiscing my daughter how we used to load up all the buddies, my band, and get we'd play till three in the morning, not even sleeping, just go to the Bucks game and party like rock stars that we were. Loaded up the van. You get off on Himes. Himes is a two-lane street. You go right into the parking lot, and it's game on. I was paid the last three games I went to, Jake, I paid forty dollars to park, and I was disgusted and horrified and mortified. The grass is eight feet deep. Yeah, yeah I saw like alligators and monkeys and shit. <laughs> and it's 140 in the shade. As you know, Sunday was drop-dead gorgeous. Uh, oh, it was day. 72 degrees, oh, zero humidity. God. I pull up, and I'm like, oh, man, I don't want to get Leo missing kickoff. So we park. $10 lot. I go, bro, I got $5. He goes, come on in. $5 to park. We walk straight through the old parking lot that is still there from the old sombrero, right through the main sidewalk, and I'm like, Telling my daughter, we used to park there and there. All oh, the parties we had there, 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 there. We met Leo over by the side, by the uh, media entrance and the, the big press box uh, where the club entrance is. 
big hug. He hadn't seen my daughter once since she was about five years old. So couldn't thank him enough. And we just shimmied on up there, and it what got better and better and better. Well, we walked right in at, tw- at tw- uh, 5 to 1. We shimmied up to the, our seats. Right at 1 o'clock, I got an orange well. They didn't have a Bud Light orange. I got a beer with an orange squeeze in it. Right as we sit down, toe meets leather, and the Buccaneers start their drive. I think we're in 19 and 20. Picked off after Jameis' his first, att- first attempt of the game at interception. I said, well, we're right on time. This is the thing about Jameis. Is, is that... Uh, what? Throwing interceptions on the first play of the game? Yeah, well, just... He makes dumb mistakes. Oh, but, I, know, I but, can't but, tolerate but, that. But at the same time, he can make some amazing throws as well. Well, you could say the same about Trent Dilfer, Vinny Testaverde, oh, Josh no, Freeman. No, no, oh, no, come no, on. No, no. Uh, Josh Freeman had one good year. No, I would take Jameis over all of them. I, I, I wouldn't. I'm sorry. I wouldn't take him. And his footwork, I don't know if he's got, uh, I don't know if he's got Crohn's or maybe. Uh, Crohn's? Is it Crohn's? Crohn's is or a stomach problem. He, he's got a. Uh, What's the foot problem you get when you eat too much shellfish? Oh, uh, uh, gout. He's got gout. <laughs> I believe he's got gout because he's about as mobile as Lady Liberty up there in on Ellis Island. He moves nowhere. So, that being said, he led a couple nice drives. He hit O.J. Howard, which oh, you or I could have hit what the end a zone. Catch. <laughs> what a catch. He was wide open. I mean, what a throw. <laughs> Give me a break. What a throw. Mike it Evans. Was. Mike Evans once again proved why he's going to be. I said to Greg yesterday on air, I said, Mike Evans will go down, maybe not the best, top three Buccaneer ever. You watch. This guy's getting wow, it done. I can't it. argue that. Who, who's the greatest? It's easy, pretty easy to say the greatest Buccaneer, Derek Brooks. In the second, I would yes. say Rondé, just for longevity. And Rondé puts up sick numbers up. Maybe Sapp. Who would be your best offensive? Well, Ron, now Rondé, because of as you said, longevity is uh, and, I mean, and he, he had, to me is a Hall of Famer and will be absolutely. I think he had tw- he had the most sacks, interceptions, and touchdowns by any corner in NFL history. No, they've combined. Had some, let's be honest, they've had some great the who, great then, players. So then, who would be your best Buccaneer offensive player ever? I'd have to say Allstott. Oh, I would go with. It's yeah, I, well, I, I think Evans will surpass that. That's what I'm saying. He will because go down. he's a real talent. I mean, also was great at his position. There's no question about it. Yeah, and he was heart and soul with him and work done. They've uh, had a lot of great offensive players, but never anybody with any longevity. Evans is a really well work. You know what? Work done. Work done was good. Yeah, he was great. Yeah, I mean, thousand yard rusher. A fabulous runner. Bit of a runner. scat back. So that Rojo gets kind of like a Reggie Bush, but I think he had a, overall a better career than Reggie Bush. I'd have to look. At the, I, I have to look at the stats, but from watching both of them, Warwick Dunn having a great coll- collegiate career with Florida State, and I think he certainly lived up to all the hype when and the what a uh, guy off the, the field too. Yeah. All the oh. d- houses he donated yep. to charity, and uh, yep. he's a, he's a, a Tony Dungy kind of guy. Um, so that Rojo gets the start, an impressive. Any rate, fifty yard line. We're in the shade. Nobody's pushing. The seats half us around us. Half the seats around us are empty. Leather seats right on an aisle. Because you know me. I like to get up and peruse. And just an unbelievable. We had TVs over in the overhang, Jake. So we could watch other games and replays, which they wouldn't show on the big scoreboard. Just an unreal day at Raymond James. And I tell you what, it was like a big shot. You know what the Grinch, the Grinch cartoon when he, he gets the big shot of Christmas joy and he kind of puffs up? That was me with Buccaneer pride, buddy. And it said, man, now I'm really pissed because I love this goddamn football team and I'm sick of seeing them being a laughing stock and I'm sick of taking losing like it's a given. Granted, they got the win. They had some nice plays. 
Jameis had some nice throws. Rojo, he'd had the touchdown. Evans was the star of the game, along with a couple other receivers. And defensively, some hard-hitting defense going on. Um, that being said, boy, the Murray kid is impressive. It's I fun. said, I was talking with Lee Decamper, a Joe Bucks fan, and uh, Leo after the game. I said, you fellas ever seen anything? It's been a while since I've seen a quarterback with the combination of feet, the, the pocket presence, foot speed, and just drop. You, got, you see something you like? Just instantaneous laser down the field. How about this, though? I've never seen this in my life. Double reverse flea flicker fake punt 40 yards downfield for the first down. I said, take a picture of it, honey. You'll never, ever see that in your lifetime again. Never. You know what, though, with, with Murray is you still have to give it a couple of years sure. for teams to play him a few times to really. You could see him on field, and, and defense coordinators, great ones, can try to devise a game plan. But until you actually, you and you, you know, when you're going through the uh, practices and you have some guy playing the role of Kyra Murray, until you actually play a guy like him or Lamar Jackson or Deshaun Watson, but more Murray because he really is that really scat back. Sure. Kind of like a... Uh, uh, let's see, the, the Thurman Thomas type of uh, running back who can throw the ball downfield. Sure. You know, I mean, or Barry Sanders. That's the kind of mobility he has. So until you actually play a guy like that, you can't prepare you really, for it. You can't. You, you can really watch don't all know the film ever. And yeah. that comes down to is he better than you or are you better than him? Because that's what it's going to come down to on the field. Because you really want a Murray to beat you he through can, the air, not through the run. Could you, to the untrained person, you or I out there, try, we would just fall down and snap our ankles. Wouldn't yeah. have a, ch a prayer. I bet you he could go through 100 guys of untrained ham and eggers and not get touched. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Be great in I wouldn't football. get a There's no way I'd get a, a finger on him. Imagine trying flag football against him. No. Forget it. You're dead. I'd have to bring a gun out there. Yes, just lay yeah. him down. But it, but it really, he is he is fun to watch. But as far as the Buccaneers are concerned, they have three wins now. They come home. Saints really played a Oof. bad game against the Falcons. Well, they and, did. In New Orleans. Yeah. That's I, watched, a, I tell you, I got all these games one. on. They were thoroughly dominated. So, you know, it gives the Buccaneers have enough talent on offense to score some points, and they certainly have some guys on defense. If they're second, um, you got to be afraid of Breeze and that receiving core and all that. But if you can if you can come back and win this game this week, two in a row, that, that I would, mean, there is a wild, card op, a wild card opportunity for the Buccaneers. It's the Saints and no one else in that division. No one else playing well. So why well, not? Carolina is... They, has they, I guess they got go, that, that quarterback who's going to push Cam Newton out. In a perfect world, here's what I'd like to see moving forward. Because I'm not buying at all that that uh, I was all down on uh, Bruce Arians and maybe he'd just be one and done. He's, you not, gotta, you he's not one and out. done. He's not one and done. He's not going to finish his career. He's a winner. He's a grinder. And he's an NFL coach. And he's not going to go down on a one and done season with, with in, a unless unless his health issues occur. Well, he hasn't. Other made, than that, he hasn't made it through one season without going to the hospital once. But there's so no we'll there's no reason for him not to stick around. Other than that, because I think he realizes there is some players here on this team. There are a lot of players. I think you could argue they have the best receiving tandem in football. With At, Godwin, Godwin, and Godwin Evans. Evans. Yeah. How could you argue that? Statistically, they do, and they've got. But here's the here's the here's the uh, dichotomy, if you will. They have a top offense as far as yardage and scoring, but they don't win any games. And then the quarterback is 32nd out of 33 or 31 out of yeah, 32. That, 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 that doesn't make any sense. First, how could he be the 32nd most ranked quarterback? He's not. Inaccurate. Uh, look at, well, depends what uh, charts you read. I get him off uh, Fox News. 
You get them off of MSNBC? I get them off. <laughs> <laughs> I'm surprised they don't have. You know, Doug Fernandez made a great point as I tried to stick it in his rear end that the Buccaneers' offensive line was rated number eight. And he goes, what the hell's that offense? And I th- started thinking, wait a minute. What is an offensive line ranking? The Buccaneers' offensive line is ranked number eight. What is that based on? Uh, sacks I just had allowed, uh, sacks allowed, rushing yards, I guess. on the quarterback. Yep. I, mean, I had to take I a, guess. I don't know. I don't either. I think this is all shit just made up. It's fake news. Fake, <laughs> fake NFL news. Hey, you know what's not fake? How about this one? This didn't sound... Well, actually, it sounded like a great game when the season started, but things have not worked well for either team. But it'll be an interesting game tonight when the Steelers and Browns meet up. Absolutely. And each, that is in Cleveland, I believe. There is a, there is a rivalry there between the two teams. A huge rivalry there. And you know that quarterback for Pittsburgh, he's not all that horrible. They sit there at 5-4. and four. They're on the... They're still on the inside looking out. The, the Browns have had a very disappointing season, but I think too much, was, I think too much hype was placed on them. They've gone and from I, shit I, but forever. But I get it. First of all, last year they had a great second half. Sure. But they fired Greg Williams, who was running that team at the time. Didn't get that at all. I didn't get that. He's now the defense coordinator for the Jets, but they bring in this guy, Kitchen, or whatever his name is, is it? Freddie Kitchen. And You know where he used to work? In the kitchen. Well, they did, they did win last week, but... Uh, they finally broke their snide. <laughs> Have but you seen the there's a picture of Baker Mayfield last year, for number one pick, young, good-looking guy? Did you see him at the press conference? Yes. He looked like Woody Allen, except more depressed and more disheveled. Very <laughs> right. disheveled. Completely disheveled. And I don't know if he was trying to be funny, but he had an overcoat on, a, a way over ungroomed mustache, a five o'clock shadow, a dirty shirt, had like a meatball stain on one side, and he's like. I don't even know what I'm doing tonight. Man, Cleveland could take it out of you, can't it? But they got, look, they, they have Chubb as a running back. Cleveland. They just got Hunt back after the suspensions You're and right. all that. And what happened? And you look at the receivers. You got Jarvis Landry and Odell Beckham. How could they not succeed? Good question. And Good uh, goddamn question. And, it's you know, we, we tend to jump the gun. We still are technically right at the halfway point of the season. Teams that have been playing like crap can turn it around and vice versa. The way so, it's set up now. Uh, except it, for anyone in the AFC East. Unless you're Cincinnati. And stop making fun of my AFC East. We're God, is it a bad. Well, the good thing is you get to play but, a quality but, but, opponent but, but, in but, the Washington Redskins. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> holy God, man. Uh, What's happening? P. Rosell's got to be rolling in his grave. I uh, thought everybody was supposed to be on the equal level. We have a hurricane warning. Hurricane warning. Amber Alert. Amber Alert. Oh, I thought. Damn it, I gotta go out to my trunk real quick. I didn't put enough blankets in there. I'm trying to find out uh, if the game tonight, Thursday night game, unless you're listening on Friday, you'll already know if it's in Cleveland or Pittsburgh. I can't get a a good sell on that. While you're looking at that, can I throw something by you? Please. If these seats are this goddamn available, I'll tell you what, if they if I get the same seats on Sunday, I'd be there. You bet your ass. They No, no, not this Sunday. Not this Sunday, but if those seats are available for later in the season, I got a feeling that they will be if the if the Bucks don't continue. If they just continue their their ways, win, lose, win, lose, win, lose, lose, win. The game on the 21st, I believe it's against the Texans, has been flexed to a Saturday 1 o'clock game. I know you have a strict no Sunday policy, but... No Sunday. Well, how do you feel about a Saturday jaunt up there to Ray J? I have to think Keep about Keep it in that. your hip pocket, you know. Uh, it is bowl season. I will And it that. is Hanukkah. It is Hanukkah. All right, Cleveland is at home. They're a, th- a three-point favorite against Pittsburgh. Tonight. When the hell was the last time they were favored over the Berg? I know. And uh, when the hell is, is this? Is that's got to be it for Roethlisberger? 
because he's got to be 40 if he's a day. Look, he has been contemplating retirement the last couple of years. He's out for the season. I would assume he's played his last game. Uh, You'd the have day to he got think injured. so. Yeah, I would. You'd have to think so, especially in this quarterback-rich draft. And a weird thing coming out of college. All I hear is about Burrow at uh, LSU, which was phenomenal game against Alabama. I didn't think that they'd go into Tuscaloosa and get it done, but boy, did they ever. And it's the uh, quarterback from Alabama, who's another. To what are you talk about? To, to, to Supi Aikaluku. Yeah. Yeah. Why that is guy. Jalen Hurts not even mentioned in the top three? He's a Heisman favorite. Well, good. No, I, right now. Lay under the radar because I take him. I want a veteran, and I want Jalen Hurts. And then you watch the quarterback whisper, whisper. The LSU quarterback, what's his name? Joe Burrow. Joe Burrow. I, mean, I know they have a great offensive line, and I know they have great receivers, great running backs, but, boy, was he unbelievable against Alabama. The poise, when Alabama started, they're playing in Alabama. They, had a, they were down by 20 points the end at halftime. Great game, You man. knew they were going to come back. Sure. You knew that two was getting over his high ankle sprain. That he, was, he wasn't himself exactly, but he started to put things together in the second half. But Burrow was cool, calm, and collected, and, boy, what a good, really good quarterback he's going to be. And really. And deservedly a Heisman Trophy, not just candidate, but should win this thing right now. Yeah, you're right. If, it, if they so. voted today, he would get it. And another thing that was slapped right across my face on Sunday looking at Murray, a first-year quarterback can make a difference, Jake. Uh, the right guy can make a difference. I mean, they sure, they're few and far between. But to see this guy. And what's funny about Murray, I keep forgetting this, I remember laying in bed and watching a, an Instagram video of this cat about um, halfway through the college season last year, and they said, this uh, note, this is, film has not been sped up. And I saw him run, and I mean, it looked like a cartoon. And it said, uh, don't worry, NFL fans. He's signed with the Oakland A's. He's going to play, uh, sign with the A's. He's going to baseball. And that's the last I thought of Kyler Murray until he won the Heisman, and now he's a talk of the league. So it a... goes to show you, don't ask me when it comes to drafting quarterbacks because I don't know squat, but I'm an expert when they get to the pros. It tells, <laughs> I think it tells you now, though, seriously. I think it tells you now. You don't – look. Not everybody. You can't always get a Lamar Jackson or, or Kyrie Murray or, or or Deshaun Watson, guys like that. But your quarterback has to have some mobility. If you're talking about Josh Allen and Buffalo, these are big, strong guys who can throw the ball downfield. But you have to have the ability to get out of the pocket and either extend plays right. or get upfield. It doesn't have to be 30-yard, you know, scampers. But you've got to be able to make plays. And I think. When you look at uh, whether you're looking at Daniels from the Giants and Darnold from the Jets, these guys are pocket passers, but they do have the ability to extend plays. I would say that you know every quarterback's got to be mobile nowadays, but well, we just we just went through a, an era of Peyton Manning who never ever gets every shotgun it's so from be, start to finish. He never ran anywhere, and Roethlisberger is the same way. When the Jets built. Their, their offensive line, they built it around protecting Joe Namath. The, the Miami Dolphins did the same with Marino. These guys were had, especially Namath with the injuries, but Dan Marino was a strictly a pocket passer. He couldn't run. He had no speed. Sure. You had to have that offensive line. Unless you have that this day and age, a guy who's only going to be sacked six or seven times because you can give him the time to throw, you got to have guys. This is a day and age with the athleticism you got to guys have guys who can be able to extend plays. You're absolutely right. And remember what it took for John Elway, who they say would never win one. The two he won, he was mobile. 
Remember him galloping to the end zone, getting a, uh, taking a headshot? Remember that? The Absolutely. But they, it, it, it took them to get Terrell Owens. Sure, they had Terrell Owens, uh, what's his name? TD, uh, Terrell Davis. Davis, before he was able to win a, he needed some help. Speaking of Terrell Owens, there's a viral clip. It's about, I don't know, six, eight months, uh, maybe a year old, because it's back when he was put in the Hall of Fame. He went on the uh, Skip Bayless show. And tore him an ass. Really? Oh, it's well worth a watch. And also, you know, I think thought guys in media, I'm new to this game, Jake. If you're a national guy on, on a, a show arguing in pro and con for national teams and in any sport and all sports, you kind of don't play favorites. Well, Skip Bayless, I don't know why he's still a Cowboy fan because he was unceremoniously shown the door. And he's not welcome in Dallas Stadium. You'll remember Troy Aikman, when he found out was he was coming to Fox, says, if he's here, I'm gone. Because he slandered him in that, his book. He just crushed everybody in that book. And they hate him. So after the, Cowboy, after the Cowboys lost to the Vikings, he puts a, a tweet out. And he's such a dork. He walks into his kitchen. He's got shoes and socks on in his kitchen for whatever reason. Takes it, folds it up, and throws it in the garbage and walks out of the room. I said, ah, I see... Skip Bayless having a party with all his friends tonight. Not a person in the whole house. That just goes to show you. I mean, sure, he knows his stuff, and he's got a shtick of being an asshole and being argumentative. And he plays it well. He does. How about Stephen Smith, though? He might be leaving ESPN, heading over there, and they may reunite, but I, that whole thing grew old with me. Funny how Stephen Smith, it, I, he's so intolerable, insufferable on ESPN TV. His radio show, which airs in New York, it's a national show, but it's not. You can catch it I on. Know. It's not a bad show at all. He's a different guy on the radio. I like him on the radio. Hate him on TV. I just, I'm not a guy who loves the pause for effect. Yeah. Sir, Jim Rome did it all the time. And Stephen A. Smith, I watched this rant, and deservedly so, against the New York Knicks, uh, what trash they are as a team and organization and all that. But I, 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 my friend who sent me this clip, and I'm watching it. It's a two-minute clip. I'm going, here's the problem with it. I'm not a pause and effect. Yeah, sometimes you could, like right now, if I'm going to think and I just pause for a split second, it's not just a, as effect. It's sometimes me trying to gather my thought sure. where I'm going. With Stephen A. Smith, it's just a six or seven or eight second pause, and I'm going, get to the point. Well, how about this, Jake? If you and I are on any TV station anywhere USA and our job is to be argumentative, well, you know we're not going to disagree on everything, so all right. Uh, Cleveland against Pot the Steelers tonight. We'll flip a coin, and you get the Steelers, and I'll argue the Browns. You can't, They can't be that passionate about every freaking argument. You, am I right? I can't argue for the and have a disagreement with you for the sake of just having a disagreement. I think that's what they do. And, and I remember when Scotty and I did the Scott and Jake show, and you know our arguments were legitimate. This was if we agreed, we agreed. How can you? We might have different reasons for for teams succeeding and right. stuff like that. That could be a disagreement. And what's wrong with agreeing? But, yeah, I, I, I can't know. just fight to make a fight. Well, I, I, I said that ESPN sold their soul when they, when they based their whole network around a screaming angry guy in the morning that I, I just keep on rolling. There's too many other choices now. And now he's on with uh, Shannon Sharp, and he's, he does a pretty good job. I don't know. The whole, that whole, the whole uh, sports genre of TV coverage... It's kind of just gone beyond. I like highlights and shut it down. I'll look at I'll look at my phone now. I don't need to watch them on TV. I'll watch I'll watch the condensed game on like the NFL uh, app or whatever on my T Roku or whatever. But I don't need to see the breakdown. I don't need to see the screaming girls. I just need to see Clarissa Thompson every Sunday at eleven. Jake, you need to do yourself a favor and watch uh, the video. I did. You did? I did. 
It's real and it's spectacular. It's unbelievable what gets out there on the internet. God, and she's just she's just too, wanting. It's it. too short and it's and it's self. What do you mean? I thought it ran a little long. No. It's, <laughs> and it's you know I didn't I, watch the end of it. I want to you know or make it to the I, end. I mean, it was fun and everything, but I would oh, like to see her performing an act with another. Well, let's person. hope there's a sequel. You know. And I love the fact she's doing it in her, her dressing room between takes that she can't even get it. I mean, it's, this girl's insatiable. It's unbelievable. It really I'd like is. to know what the, the guys on that desk think. And first of all, for the record, Colin Coward's great solo. He has a great show. He's so uncomfortable in a group format. See, I don't see that. I think he's okay. You do? Yeah. What do you think of Ditka Light, as I like to call him Dave Wanstead? He does nothing. Uh, he has nothing. Uh, there He's are, Mike Ditka light. There are certain guys I say, you know, they're okay. Uh, uh, nothing spectacular. That's how I see Wanstead. All right, let's take it around the horn then. Michael Vick's horrible. He's terrible. I don't think he's any good. I'll tell you, Randy Moss has come a long way. Randy Moss is phenomenal. He's another guy that went from America's hate, most hated. Remember when he left the Raiders? He was like public enemy number one. He goes to the Patriots. He's good guy, Mr. USA football. Now. Here's the great thing about the TV. Is you you think you get to know these guys? They look like you know what? I like them. Right now, I don't know if you met them outside if they were the same characters that you see on TV. But on TV, it's like Michael Strahan, who's like a Hall of Famer in everything he does. He's all over the place now. I would think Michael Strahan is exactly who he is on TV, just a good guy. You would think so, like Terry Bradshaw. Yeah. I would think that oh, he's the same God. guy. Absolutely. Have you ever met him? No. You know he has a house here in Sarasota. Yeah, I heard. He often he makes. Told me. He often makes uh, references to Sarasota on the show. And for the record, there are about two men too heavy on that uh, Fox pregame. I know you like the CBS package. No, no. Oh, you like I, the Fox? Yeah, I stay away do, from CBS. Do they really need to have Strahan fly all the way there? I think Howie, Terry, and Jimmy Johnson is fine for me. And Al, uh, Tony Gonzalez. You he does what? a good job. They do. They all do a good job. <laughs> I I like Fox, and I that, and I like Strahan on it. If he wasn't there, they'd survive absolutely. I but it's, I, just, it's a I'm little a, busy. There's I'm not enough. Fan. There's I, not enough takes to go around. I love Wriggle. You know, I love oh, great, his take. great. They're they do a fun. great package. And they did it before with, uh, I think, what's his name? Uh, Jimmy Kimmel did it at one Oh, that's time. a hotbed. Uh, who's the impersonator who did Caliendo. it Caliendo. Caliendo. I mean, these were a lot of fun to watch. Jimmy Kimmel parlayed into the next Johnny Carson. Yeah. I mean, he was nobody before that. I guess he was on some man show. I never watched that. But, oh, that, that's a, a staple of anybody's game day. And another thing, um, I had thought, I had, like I said, most of my Ray J's experience in the last decade have just been ham and egger, end zone seats, and miserable, too hot, too miserable. So I said, honey, let's go back in the club section. We'll get a little something to eat, and uh, we'll, uh, we weren't eating anything. I was uh, tapped out with a t- 100 bucks. I was going to ask you, where'd the money go? Or my daughter's you, got a credit card. Did you run? Just take the hot dog and just took off? Little junkie's got credit cards now. How do you like that, man? What a life I live. You know the success of your children. Uh, it's great. You live vicariously through them. And she's four months away, and she's our whole life been dying to go to a casino, so I can't wait. We're either going to go on a cruise or to Vegas, but we'll start at the Hard Rock in Tampa. At any rate, I said, let's go inside and watch the first half of the 4 o'clock games. Let traffic, I can't stand sitting in traffic. I hate it. We go in there. No, 4 o'clock game. TVs are off. What? And you are asked to leave. And I said. Well, that's one of the reasons why I prefer I said, what staying the, home. I get to watch the other what game. What the F is this all about? Now, I don't know if that rains true in the private luxury boxes. Can't answer that. I can't either, but I know that they were all jam-packed. So, but then I started to think about it. You're kind of setting yourself up for a lot of drunks. If you if you leave yourself open for the four o'clock games, 
And you can see a little sloppiness. And then you've got to keep staff on for another three or four hours. But you should have one section like the Rays game. When you leave the Rays game, the, the batter's eye, that bar down there in center field, that's open for a good two hours post-game if you want to get wet your whistle or you want to watch a West Coast feed of a game, whatever. Hang out with Rich Herrera, throw stuff at him. Is he there now? No, he's on. All right. <laughs> he's at the Pirates. Anyway, you know what? It's unbelievable, but we're on the air now 50 minutes talking on podcasts. I know. No holds well, it just, and Jake. It just I, goes and goes and goes. So I brought up the AL Manager of the Year I wanted to get to. We did that. We opened up the show with that. Of course, the Buccaneers, Jameis Winston, and uh, so on and so forth. Now, there are two other things we're not going to be able to get to them. You take your choice in the last 10 minutes of this program. Alrighty. Astros cheating, stealing signs, or Colin Kaepernick coming up with a showcase this Saturday. I think both of them are non-stories. I don't care. How is it cheating to steal signs? Isn't that part of baseball? Yeah, don't well, if you're stealing legitimately, meaning you're on second base, you're looking in, you're giving a guy inside, and, outside, right. stuff like that. If you're talking about guys in the stands with, with binoculars and, and Wi-Fi, yeah, that's bullshit. Yeah, it's the same okay. thing where they talked about. Is that, what they're, is that what they're t- accusing? Yes. Okay, then I got a problem with that. Absolute problem I agree. That. Yeah, they now, can't be doing that. Of course, every player, if look, I played baseball. I played it competitively for a long period of time. And I never stole signs. Would I have liked to known if a fastball was coming on the inside or the outside yeah, or a break ball? That's Absolutely. A, that's per information to know. Now, my idea of a small ball player, and this is what I consider myself, and I think people who played with me, is I studied pitchers during the game. I want to see circumstances. Uh, you know, if a guy, I look for guys who in certain pitches on a one and two count consistently Curveball. what they were going to throw. And I can read on that. Now, yes, you're taking a chance. As a batter, but if you read that the last five guys who he was one and two, he threw curveballs. I'm thinking, okay, this is consistent enough for me to know that if I fall behind, I went to a one and two, look for a curveball. Yeah, and anyone who's, you don't have to play the majors. I mean, if you played Little League enough at competitive level to know the difference between sitting on a fastball and a curveball is night and day. I mean, a curveball, you're swinging five minutes before that pitch hits home plate. Absolutely. And that, that you think it's going to hit you in the side of the head and it bends into the strike zone. Now, if I got a guy on second base and he's tipping me that they're coming inside of me, I want to know that. But that's legitimate cheating. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But when you have a camera set up, zooming in on the catcher, and a guy behind there sending back the relay, or there's a picture yeah. in the clubhouse no. of that footage, and you can then relay it, to me, that's not acceptable. And so they, I'm, you're getting mixed reviews. Carlos Beltran, who played on the 2017 uh, Astros, who won the championship, who's now the manager of the Mets, yeah. he's saying they studied pitchers, they studied tendencies, which is the word I was looking for before, and then they were able to help out with players. That I get. But then you get another guy who's a pitcher, I think, for the A's, who's saying, no, they had a camera set up in the outfield, zooming in on the catcher, and to me... I don't know which who's telling the truth on this, but it, you know what? The Astros cheat like that. They deserve what they get. Do you know why the, the uh, headsets on all NFL and college sidelines are corded, Jake? Because they don't trust cordless uh, headsets because some bastard had sucked that signal in and they'd be cheating. That's why. I always said, what the hell? They have a guy walking around with a cable. It's a Wi-Fi. Everything's wireless now. It makes sense. They cannot have cordless. Do you know this, too? All the iPads? They still cannot have moving video on the sidelines. It's all still frame. You know, they talked about the Patriots, you know, with a bunch of uh, conspiracy theories, whether whether they're true, the spy gates and stuff like that. But you know what? 
you got to cheat, cheat the right way. If you can pick up signals from the bench during the course of the game, or you're watching highlights during the sessions of uh, of tapes during the course of the week, sure, that's a different story. But when you're using technology and cameras and stuff like that, no. When you're picking no. it up mid-game and and legitimately, legitimately, that's not cheating. That's called. Smart. That's called learning your position yes. and being a smarter than your opponent. Absolutely. That's what he always gets me with fucking these assholes at the, the casino. Oh, you're counting cards? Get the hell out of here. We only want idiots in here. <laughs> How is counting cards illegal? You're smarter than the game? Absolutely. We only cater to idiots, sir. Take your big brain and beat it. Yeah, I don't. How the hell is that cheating? It's well, not cheating. I outsmarted your game. You're going to get a guy who can count. Doesn't mean they're going to win all the time because it is a, you know, there is chance there. It's not perfect. But, uh, yeah, if you know there's no more aces in the yeah, pile, you well, have, that, it brings your percentage of winning up. Change or, the game. You but don't, that, but it, that's far and few between people who can do things well, like savant-like. that. That's savant-like. That's savant-like. Well, the MIT kids, then there was a movie about that. But that always got me. Oh, I'm banned from there. Why? I outsmarted their games. They only catered to idiots there. Okay, I'm headed in. 99-cent shrimp cocktail, honey. Shoot. All right. And then the second one was Kaepernick. All right, let's do that. Kaepernick. Even he was shocked about it. He goes, I didn't know I was Elna. I'm in shape, so sure, I'll come down there. And the Bucks sent a a representative. Why would they need a representative? They already have their set quarterback for the future. Usually what happens is when they set up one of these – you know, showcases yeah. for players. It happens on a Tuesday because that's pretty much the day off. They're doing it on a Saturday when teams are traveling and also this preparation, your managers, <laughs> your coaches, your whatever, they're, they're preparing for the Sunday game. Yeah, they don't do any. Saturdays are both a, it's a very, it's a travel day. This is, no. This is not, you know, get over the Kaepernick thing and the kneeling and all that. It was a nice story. It was a, he, it made, was his, a, he made his point. Whatever it was, it's, it's three years ago. Move on from it and let the guy have a chance to showcase legitimately on a Tuesday when teams who need quarterbacks, there's a lot of them, or need a backup, and there's a lot of them that need that, to go out there and actually watch this guy. Does he still have an arm? Can he still move around the pocket? Can I, he still make things happen? I can't see. Four, was he four years removed? That's a long goddamn time to be removed from the NFL. I think it's three years, but. That's a long time, man. You're not going to still have any speed or any kind of touch on the. Maybe you will, but. Well, look, you're not injured, you know, and, and you haven't been hit for a few years. You're still going to have the arm strength. You still can hey, study stay, tape. Jay Cutler's out there, baby. If Jay Cutler can pull a check. Jay there's all Cutler, kinds of great God, memes. God. Hey, I want another quick hit before we, we head out of here. I was so impressed with your Jet quarterback. I, I watched the encapsulated that. Thank you. The, the kid looks like he's getting it. He played a great game on Sunday. Well, again, with no offensive line, it's very, very difficult to get out of bad habits, and that's thrown off the back foot. Jets did it, the Jets made it look. They weren't playing a great team in the Giants. The Jets made a few adjustments where they got him out of the pocket because what would happen is when you don't have an offensive line, they go back. You think, all right, so they're rushing from the ends. You think you got the middle of the field. No, you don't got that because they're getting you from all, all sides. You have no room. But if you start the quarterback out rolling out, that can open up a lot of things. Well, I think the Jets and Giants have a couple of good young quarterbacks. Let me put your feet to the fire, Jake Jacobson, Mr. Uh, there's nothing wrong. Well, you've yes. never said there's nothing wrong with Winston. There's problems there. You don't see him as serious as I do. If you're starting a, cor- if you're starting a team tonight and you can take your pick of Winston or Darno, you t- who are you oh, going to Oh, Darnold. Why is that? Because I think he's uh, he's more poised in the pocket, and uh, with the lack of talent uh, in a year and a half, well, he's actually only played 17 games total, so that's one year's worth. Uh, there's just something special about him, in my opinion. 
I would take him too. And I tell you what, some names are floating around there. I don't see anything wrong with bringing in Cam Newton next year to Tampa Bay. And God forbid, I'll take Andy Dalton for a look. What? I'll take Andy oh, Dalton for a look. Stop it. 50 wins in five years. It's kind of like, yeah, but he's past his prime. He's done. It's kind of like Tannehill. Well, at five least he years. had a prime. Prime rib, baby. I'm ready for a new day in Tampa Bay. And I'm ready to, you know, I was up there and I, uh, I just started getting a little fumey. I was like, damn it, man. This place used to be a place I'd be proud of. And, uh. It just kind of irritated me. As speaking of irritants, yeah, Doug Fernandez. But anyway, yeah. let's continue on because we got like two minutes two left minutes in the program. Two minutes to go. Um, tonight, Steelers, Steelers, and the uh, Browns. Browns. Who do you like? I'll take the Browns at home. I'll take the Browns at home. Okay. Uh, Rudolph is a good quarterback, though. I mean, he's done a. You know, he's not bad. Pittsburgh has got themselves a possible replacement for Roethlisberger. Who do you like this Saturday? Give me a couple of games to watch I, out for. After Minnesota's unbelievable effort, and what a great Don't offense say they you're have. Gonna, no, I'm no. going Iowa. <laughs> I swear they're going to have a letdown after that game, and Iowa's going to win. I told Gopher and Greg Iowa's last good, night. By the way, Iowa's a good team. I told Gopher Greg if if the Gophers get by Penn State and then lose and it's, and it's got a name too it's called the Molly Hatchet Bowl or so every, all those interleague games of Big Ten the Bunyan Bowl the I Hatchet Bowl the this and that bowl the Vidalia Onion Bowl um, if they lose I'm gonna go over and beat your ass Vidalia Onion so bowl. I will kick Greg's ass because he got me all worked up how about this you got to hand it to those Gopher fans up there they have the way of taunting the opponent. They do a thing in college hockey. If you've never seen it, they get behind the opposing goalie and they just ride him all the entire game with these chants. Hilarious stuff. And when the opposing team's kicking a field goal, Jake, there's a gopher on the screen, screen the right, the video screen right behind the the, the uh, uprights, and he's kind of holding still. And right as the kicker goes, he goes zoom. He stares and it goes right to his eyes. How that's legal, I have no idea. I thought you couldn't have moving video behind a kicker. but Well, they can do anything they want. You see it in college basketball. I've told you this has been an irritant of mine for a long time. Golf and tennis etiquette is to be quiet and shut up and let the player, and I hate that. How about a beautiful day in Wisconsin, in Minnesota, though? That outside stadium, my God. It was God. great. It was a lot of fun. 250 million people in record coldness right now as we sit here at 70 degrees. We're in our tea bags. Iowa over Minnesota on Saturday. The Browns over Pittsburgh on Thursday tonight. I agree. I concur on both. No, no, no. I do not concur. I'll take Minnesota to keep rolling. All right. I said, screw it, uh, Greg. Let's take down Wisconsin. And then we're going. Then we're going to Wisconsin. And then we're going to Ohio State. Then we're going to Michigan. And the we're going to win the championship. Yeah. Who was that asshole that ended his career on that rant? He was headed to the White House. <laughs> John, not John Edwards. You know who I'm talking about. All right. Well, Jake, great show as always. That so flew by. When Sean Spicer, we'll get it. Well, I'll get I'll get some information on yeah, this. Sure. Get a man we'll talk on about it. it next week when we don't. We will. What we talked about this week. Well, we don't forget. We forgot what we talked about 15 minutes ago. We did. All right, Jake. Great to see you, buddy. You too, Good bud. dynamite as always. Check us out on the new Google Play. I say Spotify is the best way to get it, but whatever way fits your needs. Slacker, Streaker, iHeartRadio is the next one in our. Uh, earmarks or the target marks. For Jake Jacobson, I'm Ozzy. This is Fort Jake. See you next time on the No Holds Barred Podcast.
real, uncensored. Fucking thing sucks. Unpredictable. You want anarchy? No. Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Only on Ozzy the Ozzy the Ozzy the Sports Junkie. Dot com. We'll do it live. Fuck it. <laughs> 